0: Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of the Artist Current Podcast. I'm your host Abita Nagi, and for this episode I talk to Jana Kerima-Stolzer and Lex Rutten. They are an artist duo working between performance, video and installation art and theater. In the interview we talked about working as a duo, science fiction between the today to tomorrow and a hundred years from now and robots who are in love. We also talked about humans developing empathy for vacuum cleaners. Let's get it in and I hope you have fun with the episode.
1: Welcome to the podcast here too. I'm here today with Jana Kerima-Stolzer and Alexander rutzen If you have preferred names, I can call you because I've noticed uh, there, there are frequently used nicknames.
2: Yeah, that's right. More, when I got more involved in, in real work and contracts and then I found out that I uh, like to be called Lex also in professional context but it's also, Alexander is also fine.
3: You call us Jana and Lex. <laughs> Alright. So, hello Jana, hello Lex. Uh,
1: you two work as a artist duo primarily in installation sound and I would also call it theater in a way. Yeah, and I would like to start with yeah, how you started to work as a do? how did it come about?
2: It's four um, years ago that we met at the uh, Kunstakademie of Fine Arts and when we met we talked about work and uh, how our work developed about through the last years and we came together, Jana coming from a background of photography and then video and installation and I'm coming from uh, painting and also got uh, more involved into uh, narrative ways of showing these paintings in installations. And then we both uh, said, ah, yeah, what we really want to do is to uh, do a theater piece. And, and yeah, also Jana said, ah, yeah, 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 let's do, let's do a theater piece, let's do it together, okay? And then uh, we wrote an application for, um, there's a, in Münster, there's a huge glass building like a hundred square meters i guess Um, and you can advocate for some uh, money and um, to show the work for one two three months in this glass building everybody can go there and walk around yeah that's when we started to work together on this
3: Mm -hmm. and what kind of building or institution was that um the building belongs in a way to the art academy because they do the program of the building, but it's originally okay. it's fr- it's called uh, or it's called Rebecca Pavilion. It's an architect, and um, and now it was originally it wasn't in Münster. I think it was in another city, and then they uh, put it, it to uh, Münster place, and uh, and then it was there. But I'm not exactly sure. Maybe I have to look it up again at Wikipedia, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're doing i think four exhibitions a year there so right. it's a good um chance for students at the art, art academy so
1: and what did you like what was the piece you did there
2: uh, slowly uh, we uh, found out that that we were not capable of really doing a theater piece because <laughs> of the background, background we came from but um, we also matched in the um interest for uh, sci-fi and also futuristic uh, ideas in our work and in our thinking and so um, we kind of made a sound sound piece for this glass building which we filled totally in uh, into fork and also we laid down some ester,
3: Yeah, some wood stuff on the ground, so some leaves and these uh, little pieces of uh, wood, I would say.
2: Yeah, so, and um, also from all the sides, from the ceiling, from the ground and from the sides, there were lights from every angle and um, we did a sound piece about, um, I mean, everybody knows the story of us from Trier, maybe Melancholia, where the asteroid crashing, uh, is crashing the Earth. And we thought about it, that this happens once in a while. And we're thinking of the stories of uh, dinosaurs dying and then um, a new world developed after the crash. And so our piece went to a, a soundscape of a world after an asteroid crashed the Earth.
3: And we played it live uh, with synthesizers. (laughs) So uh, that was really special too for us because it was a performative uh, thing too and it was the first time for us. And how was
1: it to do something that was so new to you and to do it as a duo as well? Like to start something that you're completely new to and then you, uh, as well on top of that, you start in it with with a work partner.
3: I think... It was good to start both new, because then it was really starting from point zero. So because it was totally new and we did it three times and uh, the first time it was totally different to the second. So we developed us uh, through the whole three months, I would say. and. Um, of course, we we uh, fell in love uh, two months ago. Uh, so so um, before starting uh, the exhibition, so it was really peaceful, I would say, and we had a nice time together uh, developing the artwork. So uh, now I would say because we we are working as a duo since four years, so it's more combined with discussions. More it's more more intense process, I would say, because we're more. Honest to each other, maybe. Yeah, it's
1: interesting because yeah, not too many people work as duos, or and you really have to like, get along with each other, and also constantly renegotiate the role within this relationship ba- basically all the time.
2: <laughs> but it's also it's also uh, an idea that both of us were deeply given to uh, us by our professors. Which also encouraged us a lot to work together with other people of the class or to even go to other classes, and I think this is something um, that really um, brought us to the point to to open up. Also now we um, we started sometimes working together with actors or even people that yeah help us in in several ways, and uh, I guess this is this is something that was uh, given to us by by the professors and by the way we we were taught
3: that's right and maybe it's uh, a closer thing um, or maybe it comes from a theater as well because uh, there you have got bigger teams it's more the collective work and um, at some point uh, if you do an artwork which is Really, a performative artwork with, with an environment with uh, media content. So sometimes it's really hard to do it totally on your own, <laughs> and then it's good to have other people and to discuss with them to develop something.
1: You said you talked to each other and like you developed this idea of doing a theater together, and how did you come to uh, to this this new form like this uh, desire to basically do a work in a new medium in a way that's completely different from what you have done before
3: I think it comes from um, maybe kind of from our experience uh, while visiting or going into a theater and and then we went there and um, it was it's more emotional for us than going into an art exhibition so there's so there, there's so many uh, happening, and um, and the stage design is so nice. And at some point, we're sitting there, and oh, how it or how it would be if we had the possible um, or the chance to to go there, to go on the stage and being inside it, and with the whole sound design and the environment is a kind of a very immersive thing in the theater. And but if you put the theater immersion, in a way, in an art exhibition, then you have the chance to go through it or to um, to be a part of the stage, in a way, as a visitor. And that's the interesting thing for us.
2: For me, it's also, I, uh, I never thought about uh, the medium uh, too much because uh, often it's like this, uh, you are very uh, stuck to what medium you uh, use and then you're, you are a painter, you use color and yeah and line. And, but uh, this is very different from doing a sculpture. And for me, it was always difficult to, to differentiate this from each other. So I have a material, that's for sure, and that is sometimes it's a synthesizer and sometimes it's my camera. but yeah or a software the last years were also uh, nice and more fulfilling for me because uh, we found out that we can every in every work use a different material and find new things to do our work
1: with yeah it sounds really nice to like not not having yourself be predetermined by the material you work with, but have your work you want to do and then look for the materials that
3: could be interesting to work within it. Totally. And you really learn much. So uh, it's uh, kind of crazy how many programs we already learned. So it's, it's mm. from Photoshop, InDesign to uh, the face, uh, Instagram face program or the face filter program, Spark. Uh, and now we're trying to do something with uh, 3D animation. So um, it's time to learn the cinema 4D and so we're doing the synthesizer programs. Able, and so it's really crazy, a lot. But you forget also a lot of that. So uh, oh so God, that's,
1: that's crazy!
3: <laughs> it's gone. So we, you really have to practice it all the time, not to forget everything.
1: And the uh, with the Instagram face filters that you do the for the last work that you had in the portfolio you sent me. Was
3: this with the face filters, this program? It was the easiest way to realize it, so uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, last year uh, Facebook gave uh, the program to everyone. It's now open to everyone and you can just download it and start doing your own face filters. And instead of doing a a proper animation, we thought uh, it would be easier because we wanted to do a musical with the singing m- the mouses and stuff and so we thought it would be easier to use this application instead of doing it all in a 3D program and this was really nice because yeah. uh, Spark is, was very easy to to use
1: yeah, because in a 3D program you would have to like program every motion basically and then you yeah. have this face mapping, right.
3: right? Of course it, wo- <laughs> it was Bit to learn it, but uh, in general, I would say it was easy to do it. So Alex did the masks uh, and did the design of it, and I did the environment and the programming of the little thing. So and then we had to perform it for sure, yeah. the, um, the songs and the, with the um, with the mask in a way. Yeah,
1: uh, short short insert for the listeners. Uh, the work we are talking about right now.
2: In the flood, you
1: know, in the flood, and it's. A musical, as they said, where different animations, different masks that are floating in, in different environments as well, sing about connectivity and also about data streams and products in a way.
2: <laughs> it- yeah, it went. Uh, we got interested into um, logistics, basically and yeah. uh, the, also
1: the first house has these, these amazon packages on its face
2: yeah i mean we uh, we drove by train and if you leave the the city center i think mostly everywhere you, you see popping up these uh, logistics centers and for us in, uh, living now in uh, dortmund in the rural area it was interesting to see um, how um from I mean, you see so many buildings, uh, leftovers from uh, the coal mining in this area here, like really huge buildings and everyone is talking about uh, how it was to work there and stuff about uh, migration. And then it changed into a car industry and also car industry uh, dropped and then now we have uh, the car industry last year, the Opelwerk smashed down and now next to it there's this huge DRL mega center. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, it's kind of a repetition of some same thing. And also, you these buildings don't have any windows, you cannot look inside and we just wanted to, to get behind it, to get to know more about what is happening inside and and then what comes from what is the work behind the click to collect
3: yeah yeah, and and, but one important part is um, that we try to find some stories behind all these images uh, you see in the landscape or in your environment and so that's why we uh, wrote these songs like in soundtrack and they're telling little stories from behind and one important thing was for us uh, not to do it in a uh, destructive or in a kind of way which is rare or which uh, has this criticism with it. We try to do it more in a sweet way. So because they're little <laughs> avatars telling stories and and they smile to you and it's okay. You can you can make your own image out of that. So but we're singing for you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's also why they why it's a musical because you tell these stories in the end. So if you wouldn't tell the stories, it wouldn't be a musical. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and it's uh yeah the the first one especially has this like really sweet voice in a way. It's like really yeah really positive, but, but in the, at the same time I don't know it was a bit like there's there's a lot of this whole bunch of possibility positivity. I'm sorry, uh, kind of freaked me out as well.
3: Yeah, I can understand. So because <laughs> it's for sure, maybe it's harder because it's too, or it's so positive, or it's so yeah, we're that sweet, and it's so uh, cruel, and uh, and there's a brutality within that. So and and one thing is that the voices of the avatars—it's not a real human voice. So it's uh, it's a voice out of a synthesizer as well, uh, a synthesizer which learned to sing. And that was, for us, it was really funny to let the synthesizer sing, but in general, it's crazy how far goes technical <laughs> stuff uh, to create voices out of machines which sound that realistic in a way because they, they're, ca- they're doing it between the lines or the singing lines this, as well, and that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah they really <laughs> breathe. <laughs>
1: How did you how did you teach them?
2: No, we, we didn't teach them. It's uh, it's also a software by uh, Yamaha. It's made for uh, um, hologram superstar called Hatsune Miku, which is very well known in Japan. A uh, lot of fans and um, yeah, this is also software that developed over the years and got different voices and uh, different possibilities to to work with it. And for us, it was really nice also to. Get a different uh, a different grip on, on how to produce music and these songs in a way. Lex yeah.
3: is really a specialist in doing uh this chingle uh, style things. He, he he he's so good with all these melodies and, and they're in my mind for months, so, uh, so <laughs> he's a absolutely j- specialist. <laughs> yeah, it
1: will seep in your mind and not leave. But I also wanted to notice that. I noticed that you kind of go a little bit farther away from the body it seems, like at least in the last two works. Uh, in this one in the one hand it's like you still give it in physical image in the way with these masks or the other work where these two AIs that uh have some humanoid um, suits basically they can see, go into but like not really like they constantly disconnected from them yeah i wanted to ask you about this disconnection uh, from physical bodies and that's in these last two works
2: it's uh i guess also something we acknowledged a lot in in uh you me, I, I i i i everything else is uh, uh, the work that came before uh, in the flood um i mean it's based on a true story about two uh, AIs, it was two chatbots by Facebook actually, and Facebook, there was a run on letting chatbots chat with each other. So everybody would would do this, but Facebook uh, got a like a little mistake in their programming that they the chatbots were given the English speech but not the grammatics. And that was the mistake. And then they began to talk with a lot of, you know, like talking in circles. There was a lot of uh, repetition, like I, 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 uh, you, me, 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 you, me. And, uh, that's how they talk to each other. And it was really funny for us. And because then you found in the internet, like a lot of people going crazy, like they talked about the end of the world, how they would destroy the humans and stuff like this. And we wanted to change it into a love story. <laughs> they actually fell in love with each other, but couldn't touch because they got the actual body. So in the end, your question uh, is all right, but uh, our idea was more to give them the real body or to give them the sleeves um, to, to let them meet each other so there was another protagonist in this uh, piece yeah. it was a vacuum cleaner roboter and this protagonist for us was that the people got more and more connected to this vacuum cleaner than to our two to alice and bob <laughs> or we called them uh, to our two protagonists of the piece actually uh, because he was so sweet everybody would grab them from the, from the ground and keep them on their arms or he would uh run around the space and maybe uh uh, run against you and that was so sweet and everybody was like oh this little sweet little vacuum cleaner it's like a pet (laughs) (laughs) and also with the mass i guess we wanted to give something a face uh, that cannot be seen actually that's what i meant in the between of click to collect there's so much things happening and so many machines running but we actually don't really see what Mm. is happening so we wanted to give it a face it's not a real body and uh, i know what you mean but we wanted uh, it to be to be there and also in the following we talked a lot about uh, this that they are now attached to the screens in the installation and that we have to find a way to make them more even more there like a uh, whole uh, or something like this and yeah
3: so in the flat work so because of these avatars because they're so stuck in their uh, in their screens in a way and but the screens are really big and if if the screens become bigger so um it's more like uh, there's this bodily connection in a way uh, to uh, you when you stand before it but for the next time we try to transform it more or we want to give them a more physical body or a body which seems more physical in a way.
1: Yeah, it makes totally makes sense. So that you yeah, that you want to actually make something more visible that uh, and maybe do you, do you use these human or humanoid faces or figures to Create empathy with the visitors, or wh- why is it why is it uh, this
3: human ish? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I would say yes because uh, so uh, this is a big discussion in our work all the time. The thing about empathy and machines, so uh, and this um, there is this uncanny. Valley moment as well, and especially with the Yumi, I, 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 everything else uh, work, because there it's totally, I would say so, because they're really kind of too close to uh, people. And um, for us, it's a way to play with this empathy thing too. So, because the the vacuum cleaner it was so sweet and and now the avatars they're sweet too and and they sing for you so of course they're so far away from human faces so that they're uh, i think it works in a way that you you have empathy and um but uh, so in general we ask each other as well uh, about objects it's not only about persons or or thi- or things which uh, which have eyes, nose, and a mouth, and it's more about um, everything. So, what what makes it, uh, or what what how can a thing um, gets you empathic in a way?
1: Okay. Yeah. So, like with the vacuum cleaner, for example, that it just has to blink a little and just. Against the neck or something, and then everybody thinks, "Oh no,
3: my kitty!" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So, so a long time ago, for example, my, my exam at the Münster Art Academy was one of the first works uh, where I dealt with that question. So there was an old uh, display. I really searched a long time for um, for a um, display which was broken, but which <laughs> which works and. Then the thing was the display was totally broken, and um, and it it had the sound of poems. So so it told you poems, and um, but and and there was only this little shimmering display thing, and and but there were there was this big brutality because you know somebody were there and and, and punched it or whatever, but it, because it was that destroyed. So and and the the poems were um, totally constructed via an artificial intelligence as well, so like a a poem learning um, thing, um, machine in a way. And so I think that was kind of the starting point for me to deal with that question of uh, empathy um, to objects, empathy to things which aren't human.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's also when you have the empathy for the the inhuman or unhuman things that you yeah, you might want to discuss them more as well in a way because humans are egocentric that way
2: <laughs> yeah and I'm also i'm a bad a big fan of of cartoons i mean i mostly really don't watch like the series was really inspired really since my since i can think i'm just so much into cartoons and this is also because I think there's something into it that, that can tell more about truth than the actual thing <laughs> because there are things that can, cannot be, sh- be shown and how they are shown sometimes in cartoons, how the characters look like. You can already image of what is happening inside of them and or how they, how people are. And this is what I think is also, we also use uh, a lot in our work, like a bit uh, cartoonish thing.
1: What are your favorite cartoons then?
2: I can only uh, say that uh, that thing. what was one, um, I'm, I'm also a big fan of, of 80s horror movies, that I also have to admit, but, but uh, what I really liked uh, was Ugly Americans. There was only <laughs> two seasons. <laughs> Sometimes it's good that it's like this. Yeah, but uh yeah, I think how characters are shown sure, like the this lobby fish head or <laughs> things like this, yeah. I uh I think it's good. It's just fun.
3: I totally agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: another thing that I absolutely have to have to ask you because it's about like we already touched on it just now, but is that earlier you said that you have you see your uh, topics as sci-fi topic. And that's uh, something that was a bit curious to me because I see your work as, it's about technical stuff, like about objects or like a certain um, story, like with the two chatbots that started talking to each other until no human could understand it anymore. But it, it's really, I think they, they're really close to like our time, actually, like the current moment, more than like a construction of a, future
3: yeah that's that's right in a way I I agree with you um, maybe it's for us it's not the sci-fi thing it's not the um, putting something that far away in the future mm-hmm. that it's so far away from you as a person so the thing is more um, uh, telling something which could happen in the future but which could happen now as well, or which is uh, emotionally so connected to now as well. So um, maybe the more close to the look of the artwork than to the stories, because like you said, the stories, they're from now, they're from our um, contemporary times right now and from the present and we're searching them in our environment, uh, so we're, we're reading lots of newspaper stuff con, or which is connected to our actual subject, and then uh, and then I, I write some things down, oh, this is, could be a nice uh, point to start, and so it's very connected to the present. But uh, aesthetically, we try to put it more in the future, in a way, or kind of, but... Um,
2: yeah, I mean, w- with the last work that, that was the subject of uh, logistics, it's also um, that we went a lot into, into showings by institutes that show what they got, con- uh, th- because a lot of institutions are concerned with logistics 4.0, like to really digitalize uh, logistics. And they have super funny ideas like uh, like speaking shelves chefs that speak to you <laughs> and this is why I really appreciate to, to experience and I, I guess that's uh, also something um, that would be really nice uh, for me because uh, the of everything around you becoming alive in the end is also the idea of smart homes and it's also the idea of a, a 80s horror movie but <laughs> or, or a sci-fi movie, but uh, yeah, everything is uh, there connected for me.
1: Yeah, so maybe you could say it's like you, in a way, you you use these aesthetics of of one way of sci-fi, and that the work you make that are that they are rooted in the now, but you like you look towards like what could happen like in the next ten years or something.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for example, now we are we are planning or we'll we're doing a little um, video work in the next weeks. And this is, I think it's the most work which is, or the most, or or this work is most connected to um, science fiction, or isn't it? So in a Uh, way.
2: Yeah, maybe, okay. uh, the story is hundred years in the future,
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but of, of course we will film it now, but uh, but it's 100 years in the future um, uh, and, and there are no humans uh, <laughs> living on the world or on our planet, so, and uh, yeah.
1: yeah. That sounds very sci-fi,
3: <laughs> like a really
1: classical sci-fi trope. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah, yeah we, we try to improve our uh, sci-fi uh,
2: <laughs> out of the angle of a drone i think last year we did a performance with a, a drone that can react to your gestures and and we were asked to do a perform to do a performance again but a live performance that cannot happen anymore and so we decided together with this institution to make a film out of it which is shown like a, a drone or an artificial intelligence would explore the earth in a hundred years
1: when are you where are you showing this video then or something or as performance or how will you show it
2: i
3: um it will be in the internet um end of the year so More end like of, october. of october yes 19th of october and then maybe next year um there will be a screening as well so if it's possible to invite some people to a screening.
2: No, but it will be on, on the website of Emscher Kunst in October.
3: Again, what's the website? Emscher Kunstweg. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of, we will see. So, because it's only, we have only the plans and uh, the places, but everything is to do.
1: So
2: and in the next week.
1: How, how long do you usually take for our work? Because it sounded like really research intensive as well. Mm,
3: yeah, it really depends. So, first of all, there is a research time, and this is really the longest time of an artwork. So we, we know, okay, this will be our topic, so now we're going into research, and sometimes it's, it can take six months. Sometimes it takes only uh, three months, and, um, and then we plan the artwork and the process from planning to construct it. It's not that long process. It's more maybe then it's like six month planning and research. Maybe uh, one month. Yeah, this uh, we have to buy this and that and uh, order this in the internet. And then it's like a, a two weeks thing to build it up in a way. Yeah, but then it it transforms every time when we install it again. So um, every installation is transformed from one exhibition to another because uh, then we see, oh, this works good, this uh, doesn't work that good. And so, um, yeah, it's an endless process in a way. I don't Hmm. know if an artwork is finished at one point, maybe, never.
2: It's also because um, uh, the situation or the rooms uh, we crea- create we can only uh, really see how how they work out when there's public public to look at it. And then sometimes we go to our exhibitions just to see how people react to certain things. and then we can we know or can try out different things. In the next exhibition and this is also something that's very interesting for us because we have always like okay how will the people enter the room how will they go through the installation where will they maybe take a seat or something this we uh, sometimes uh, want to open certain things up but it's hard to because also we are showing uh, uh, our installation in the flood now in a museum uh, here in Dortmund and there's the other artworks are totally like you don't touch them and uh, you don't come too close to them and of course it's always like I really uh, find um, also with this installation there it's not breakable (laughs) uh, uh, people can, uh, from my understanding, understand, they can lean against it or, uh, yeah, just walk in, just walk in and see uh, what happens. And yeah, we try to force this a bit more.
1: Yeah, maybe put like signs everywhere: touching allowed.
3: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but it's the thing to do a network between. Uh, exhibition spaces, theatre spaces and stages in a way, because for us the installation isn't a sculpture, it's more an installation and uh, um, and all the objects are more like stage design and uh, the installation only uh, um, f- works as um, the complete thing and as a whole and not, I cannot uh, put the thing, a single thing out of it and put it in a museum so now it's an object to sell or so. Yeah, it was really
1: nice talking to you and I want to ask, since you know, each artist being featured on Artist Current should recommend three other artists, so they already have yours.
2: Uh, uh, should we name them now? No.
3: <laughs> then it's, it's really like a su- surprise for us both because then we can like do it on a spontaneous way. Okay, first you.
2: Uh, Nicola Gerdes and Stella Rossier.
3: Oh, it's not that easy. Um, uh, let me think a moment. Do you have a second? <laughs> I'm i I'm too bad with this spontaneous um, things.
2: Miraman.
3: Uh, good choice. Ah, okay. Uh, Jonathan Lemke and Suchinde, two duos in a way. All oh, right, they're two, du- two duos. Yeah. That's
1: really fun. I could do this recommend the other artists For <laughs>
3: sure. Do <laughs> <Well>, support. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it was really nice talking to you and you can find your um where can the people like find your work or do you want to plug anything any exhibitions coming up, going on, t- talks, anything?
2: <laughs> we are uh, working now on a, n- a new website to uh, together with a young graphic designer as well. And, <laughs> um, but uh, there will be a Favoriten Festival in Dortmund in uh, September, a festival for theater and uh, also for, for visual art. And uh, yeah, there will our work also be on view. And that
3: shows, uh, I think we, we put it on our new website if it's finished on or in august maybe september <laughs> and otherwise you find us on instagram and there we post uh, all the dates so there are a few more little things coming up
1: all right i will put your all the links and the instagram whatever everything in the description as well so yeah people can find you and your work and yeah it was so nice talking to you thank you so much
3: <laughs> thank you <laughs>
0: This was the second episode of the Artist Can Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And yeah, as I said, I've put everything down in the description so you can find the artists on Instagram and their works featured on our Instagram page as well. Until next week on Monday for the next episode and bye-bye!